join me as we pray together father thank you for this day that you've given us thank you for your love to us thank you for uh, the opportunity to come into this place to worship you and be with our uh, church family i pray your blessings on each one who is here today those who are joining us by live stream and we pray that uh, we will honor you with our worship in christ's name we pray amen so glad to welcome you here today thank you for being here on this beautiful day we're glad you've chosen to worship this church family if you're a guest as i say every week out on the welcome center there's a gift for you just go by and pick up one of those bags and inside it is a gift and some information that you may need and if you have any questions about any of it just ask us we'll if we don't have an answer we'll find one for you but we thank you for choosing to worship with us today all of you and we pray that everybody in the sound of my voice under the sound of my voice we feel the presence of the Lord as we worship him today. Those of you who have joined us by live stream, we welcome you. Thank you for joining us today. And we pray that you feel his presence as we worship together. Why don't you stand, greet one another, and then we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. Lift our voices in praise.
now you continue in worship with us as our student team leads. to invite you on to worship with us this morning as we sing a revelation song which pulls its lyrics right out of the book of revelation where the angels are gathered around the throne of god and singing glory and praise to him so we're going to join with the angels this morning and sing in these words Struck wonder at the mansion. 
Let's sing that again, church. The Lord bless you.
saying, so be it. Y'all may be seated. I think we have a video coming up. After the death of a loved one, you may be worried about the upcoming holiday season. I used to say, um, I wish I could go to sleep the day before Thanksgiving and wake up January 2nd. Introducing Grief Share Surviving the Holidays, a special one-time event that helps you make it through the holiday season. 
It features an informative video that shows you how to plan your holiday season so you're not overwhelmed by it. You'll also learn how to survive holiday parties and get-togethers, how to handle loneliness, and you'll discover how you can gradually begin enjoying the holiday season again. The Surviving the Holidays video features the wisdom and perspectives of 13 grief recovery experts and interviews with many people who've wrestled with grief during the holiday season. At GriefShare Surviving the Holidays, you'll also have the opportunity to talk about how you're feeling about the holiday season and what you've learned in the video. Plus, you'll receive a holiday survival guide. It will give you the ongoing support and wisdom you'll need this holiday season. To learn more about GriefShare Surviving the Holidays, talk to the GriefShare leader at your church and visit griefshare.org holidays. Amen. I hope that you will take advantage of this great opportunity this Thursday at 6 p.m. If you are going through grief, and this would be a wonderful time to get love and support and encouragement as the holidays are quickly approaching. I just want to say a special thank you to our students and JT and Elaine for doing an awesome job again leading us. I'm so proud that our young people are singing about Jesus and giving praise and, or, and glory and honor to the only one who's worthy to be praised. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And God is for us. And I'm so grateful for that reminder for leading us in such a beautiful way. And I'm so grateful that this is a praying church. We believe in the power of prayer. And I know that there are folks here today and people watching at home or wherever you may be. We had people last week to contact me who were in Jerusalem watching and in France watching. I'm so grateful that the message of Christ is going across the world. And we would invite you, if you feel led in this place, to come join me at this altar as we give praise and glory and honor and to cry out to God in need. But I ask you to join me, however the Holy Spirit leads you, as we lift up our prayers together. Won't you come pray with me? pray. Oh God, we give you all praise and glory and honor for you alone are worthy to be praised. And God, we come to sing how great thou art. God, we come to, to sing amen. And, and if God is for us, who can be against us? Father, we sing worthy is the lamb that was slain and Father, to you be all glory and honor and praise. And Father, we have come with grateful hearts, but we've also come with heavy hearts, hearts of grief and brokenness. Father, we lift up Linda Winkle and Kenny, their family, and the loss of Linda's mother, and ask for comfort and strength to be with them. Father, we pray for other families who are 
struggling with health issues. We have people recovering from surgeries, people having surgery this week and in the days to come. And God, would you anoint them with your healing power? And we claim that with your wounds, with your stripes, we are healed. And Father, I pray for people here today that are battling depression, anxiety, fear, addiction, marriage problems, financial woes. Maybe it's one of our young people struggling, God, at school or with their team or, God, or with a teacher or a coach. Oh, God, bless them. Strengthen them, I pray. Give them peace. Father, if there are folks watching or in this place that have never given their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ, may today be the day of salvation for someone. May your Holy Spirit convict their hearts and draw them to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you would forgive me and forgive us when we grow complacent and when we forget, God, how blessed we are. We are blessed in this country. And I pray, God, your guidance to be upon our leaders. Father, that you would protect our country. Father, convict those who have gone astray from what the foundations of our country were established on years ago. I pray, God, that you would bring us back and bring revival and spiritual awakening. And may it begin in each of our hearts. And, oh, God, I pray again that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the music and through the proclamation of your word and through our time of commitment and decision that, Father, we would submit and surrender our hearts to you and that we, we would be changed by your power. So, Father, we thank you, we praise you, we love you, and we ask and pray these things in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible with you, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10? And as you're doing that, I'm grateful that our choir and musicians will be coming to lead us after the reading of God's Word, and we hear you prayerfully. Let's begin with verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 10. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you for what a beautiful message. And thank you for being here today and allowing the presence of the Lord to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor at the beginning of the message. And maybe you heard the story about little Johnny in line for lunch at the Christian school. And as Johnny was going through the lunch line, there was a pile of apples at the beginning of the line. And there was a note that said, take only one apple. God is watching. Well, little Johnny went on down the line. And at the end of the line, there was a, a platter full of cookies. And little Johnny turned to his friend and said, take all the cookies you want. God is watching the apples. <laughs> you know, the other day, I dropped my wife Kelly off to do some shopping at a store. I, you know you're getting old when you stay in the car and let her go in and do the shopping. And So I was there in front of this particular store, and there was a sign on the door that said, Smile, you're on camera. And I don't know if you've seen those. Under video silence. signs that say, Don't touch wet paint or signs that say, stay off the grass. And if you've, the student, you remember at the beginning of the story, the teacher would go over the rules of the class one by one. Or if you're on a sports team, the coach, at the beginning of the season, would go over the rules. successful. But you know, the Bible is full of commands. We have the Ten Commandments and many commands that God gives all throughout His Word. You know why God gives us His commandments and His commands? He gives them to us because He loves us. He gives them to us because He wants to help us. He wants to protect us. He wants to teach us and ultimately, he wants to save us. That's why God gives us his commands, his rules. In the scripture passage today, we see Paul writing the church at Corinth. Corinth was a church that was experiencing a lot of moral irregularities. There was a saying back in the first century, it was understood if someone said to live like the Corinthians, they were saying to live a wild and unrestrained life. And when Paul was writing the church at Corinth, even though it was a gifted church, it was very much spiritually immature. As a matter of fact, they were dealing with weaknesses such as divisions, sexual immorality. They were dealing with uh, grumblings and complaining, and, and they were experiencing so many different weaknesses. And so when Paul wrote, he was writing to instruct the church and to restore the church, to help them get back on track the way God had intended from the beginning. And 
there were people who were being tempted. You know, temptation has been around since the beginning of time, hasn't it? Remember when God put Adam and Eve in that beautiful garden of Eden? And he said, you can eat of anything in this whole garden, but the tree in the middle, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat of it, you will surely die. And I've said it so many times, God created us to have this kind of relationship with him. And when the devil came in a form of an old serpent, he tempted Adam and Eve to eat of that forbidden fruit. And you all know the rest of the story. They disobeyed. The relationship was broken and that's when sin entered the world. You know what sin is? It's disobedience to God. It's not following God's commands, God's laws, God's word, God's grace. And so ever since then, we've been trying to get people to come back and have the relationship with God. And because we are unrighteous, there's not a single one of us righteous, no, not one, that's why Jesus died on the cross to lay down his life, to make a bridge over that chasm, over that death, so that we could come to God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son. That's why Jesus came, to save you and to me, to seek and to save those who are lost and to have a relationship with him. But some of you are here today, and I guarantee you, with this many people and people watching, some of you all are battling some intense temptation today. I guarantee you, some of you all are being tempted uh, morally or sexually, physically. Some of you all are being tempted uh, for some uh, financial things, or, or maybe you are being tempted, again, through some emotional things, or you're being tempted at school or at work or or someone or something is tempting you. And just like that sign said on the front of that store, smile, you're on camera. Smile, God is watching. Did you know we can hide from people, but we can't hide from God? You remember that when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, what did they do? They went and hid. And I've told you, God comes through the garden walking, and they heard his steps, and he said, where are you, that first game of hide and seek? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Where are you? He knew exactly where they were. He was saying, where are you in your relationship with me? I want to ask you this morning, where are you in your relationship with God? What's going on in your life right now that you're being tempted to pull away from what you know and who you know to be the truth? What's going on in your life that's causing you to stumble and fall and not be your very best for the one who gave his best and his all for you and for me? I pray today if you're being tempted that God would speak to you today through his word. And the first thing I want you to know when you're tempted that we must learn from our past mistakes. Learn from our past mistakes. Look at verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 10. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. You've heard that old saying that our past 
a history is the greatest predictor for future behavior. Did you know that? Our past history is our greatest predictor for future behavior. Paul was using the example of the Israelites when he was talking to the Corinthians. He was talking about many temptations and struggles that they had when God was leading the Israelites out of their slavery, out of their bondage, out of Egypt. And some of the things that they dealt with are some of the same things we are dealing with all these years later. One of the things that he was addressing was the temptation of idolatry. Idolatry. What is idolatry? Idolatry is when we place someone or something ahead of where our loving God should be. When we are worshiping someone or something more than we are the one true God. When you read out of Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, what is the very first commandment? You know what the very first commandment is? You shall have no other gods before me. How many of us here today have made gods of sports? And we've made gods of our work or gods of power or politics or money or we've made gods of of entertainers or singers or or sports figures or actors or actresses we've even made worship of ministers and people of faith look if you're worshiping anyone but the one true god then you're committing idolatry he's the only one who is worthy to be praised you shall have no other gods before me. But then not only was idolatry, but revelry and sexual immorality was something that they were tempted by. What is revelry? Revelry is uh, loud behavior and, and overindulgence of alcohol. And yet we talked about a few weeks ago out of Ephesians 5.18 when Paul said, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. You understand debauchery is uncontrolled, sensual pleasures, living as the world. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to this kind of behavior, but instead be filled with the Spirit of God. Are you struggling with immorality or revelry but then another thing that the children of israel the people of israel struggled with was grumbling do you remember god led them out of egypt and god had done so much for them but yet they still grumbled and complained are you a grumbler or a complainer how many of you when you go to a restaurant you say something good or the first thing you say it was terrible Service was terrible. Food was terrible. The weight was awful. You know, how many of us were guilty of doing the same thing coming to church? The music was this. The preaching was that. Todd thinks he's a comedian. He's not funny at all. <laughs> you better not say that, but <laughs> I'm not. But the point is, so, so many times we grumble and complain about everything instead of realizing how blessed we are. 
James said in, in James uh, chapter 4 that, that we are not to grumble against each other because if we grumble, it says you will be judged. And the judge is standing at the door, exclamation point. In other words, Jesus is close to coming back. And we need to be ready and not grumbling and not complaining. Where are you in your relationship with God today? We learn from past mistakes. Parents, how many of you have told your children or grandparents told your grandchildren, Learn from my mistakes so you won't go through the pain I went through. Have you told people that before? Learn from my mistakes so you won't have to go through. But how many of us have heard what mom and dad or grandparents said, and we do it anyway, as if there's going to be a different result for us? We must learn from others' past mistakes so we don't experience the same problems or the same hardship, the same pain, that those who have gone before us experienced. That's why Paul was using the, or the Israelites when God delivered them from Egypt as examples so they would not make the same mistakes. And so today, we must learn from past mistakes. Secondly, if you're battling temptation, look out. And verse 12 says, so if you think you are standing firm be careful that you don't fall. You see, he was talking again about the Israelites, how blessed they, they were blessed. God delivered them from slavery out of bondage, parted the Red Sea. That's when it talks about being baptized into Moses. And he provided manna from heaven, quail from heaven, caused water to come out of the rock. He did all these things, but what did they do? Remember when Moses went up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments? They got Aaron, and they, they began to rebel and complain, and they built a golden calf, and, and they began to, to sleep around and be immoral. And, and the next thing you know, they were punished and disciplined for their actions, and they suffered as a result. We must look out. The children of Israel were so blessed that they became complacent. They became overconfident. They started taking matters into their own hands instead of trusting in God, and, and they dropped their guard. And when we drop our guard and we become prideful, then that's when the devil attacks as a matter of fact, if you look in Proverbs 16, 18, it says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. And if you're here today and you're saying, well, it, it happens to everybody else. It's not going to happen to me. I, God and I are tight. It, it's not going to happen to me. You better watch out. And it's funny that Peter is the one who wrote the words about in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober and, of, uh, and alert or be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Is it not funny that Peter wrote those words? But remember in Matthew 26 when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray and he took his inner circle of Peter, James, and John and he asked him to do something very simple, to sit here and pray. 
And do you remember what happened? Jesus came back not once, not twice, but three times. And what did he find them doing? They were sleeping. And Jesus said in Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He was warning them that you've got to watch out. You've got to look out. You've got to be in guard because when you least expect it, boom, is when Satan attacks. So we must be self-controlled and alert. I can tell you through the years, I've talked to so many people who were flirting with disaster and their marriage, their family, and their situation. And I don't know how many have looked me right now and say, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, and they've looked me right in the eye and not told me the truth. And the next thing you know, they're in a full-blown affair. Their marriage has ended and their family divided and destroyed. I don't know how many times people have said to me, I, I don't struggle with alcohol. I don't have a drug problem. And the next thing you know, I'm visiting them in jail where they have tried to, to harm themselves or someone else by these dependencies. And I'm good, I'm good. The devil knows what your weakness is, and you better believe he's going to tempt you. With whatever your struggle is, he's going to tempt you. I mean, we're living in a day and time with the Internet and how easily pornography is accessed. We're living in a day and time with social media where our children, our students, are seeing and hearing all kinds of garbage, and it's affecting them. And we must look out so that Satan will not have any glory or victory. To be on guard, don't think, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good, Nothing. I'm not going to do anything, I'm not going to say anything. And when you least expect it, boom, you're going to get hit. Look out. But then lastly, not only are we to look out, and, but lastly, we are to let go and let God be in control. To let go and let God be in control. In verse 13, he says, No temptation has seized you, or overtaking you except what is common to mankind. No temptation has seized you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, not if, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it or endure it. Did you hear that? But when you are tempted, the Lord will provide a way out. Because we're all going to be tempted. Even in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. It's not, a, it's not a sin to be tempted, but it is a sin to give in to the temptation. Because even Jesus was tempted. Do you remember when Jesus had been fasting? He was led out into the desert in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was led out into the desert by the Spirit where he was tempted for 40 days and nights. Israelites in the desert, 40 years. Jesus 
in the wilderness for 40 days. And remember, the devil came to Jesus, not once, not twice, three times tempting Jesus. You remember that? Because Jesus was both God and man. He was tempted because he was hungry. He had been fasting. And remember, the devil tempted him to turn the stones into bread. And, and then he took Jesus uh, to the high point of the temple and, and he tempted him to perform a, a, a miracle and, and show his power and have the angels to attend to him. And then, then he took him to the highest point in Jerusalem and all these things. I'll give you, tempted him with power. And how did Jesus combat the devil? With the word of God. And each time the devil tempted him, Jesus gave him God's word, the scripture. Do you remember in verse 10 of Matthew chapter 4, finally Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It's not enough for us just to say, we've got to audibly have you ever said, away from me, get away from me. I have. People probably think, goes that crazy man? I'll be running through the neighborhood saying, get away from me, Satan, get away. People say, look at that guy, who's he talking to? I have audibly said, in Jesus' name, get away from me, Satan. Because just as Jesus is real, the devil is real too. And he wants to mess up your life and your family. I join with you and I hope you join with me in saying, get away from me, Satan. So we know God's word. Jesus said, watch and pray. We knew no prayer works. That's what we read in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, when Jesus said, or when Paul said, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to take your stand. We clothe ourselves with the full armor of God. And then James, in James chapter 4, verse 7 said, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So we've got to submit and surrender to God. And let him take control and do the battle for us. I know there are some of you all here today and you're, you're being hit one thing after the other. And you're getting weak, you're getting tired, and the devil knows it. And as soon as you let your guard down, bam, he's going to hit you. Don't give him that pleasure. I don't want to give the devil any glory to you all. I don't want him to rear his ugly head in my life or my family or this church. Don't let him have any victory. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Do you know him today? Have you submitted to him? You know what submission is? I, I've talked about it before. We, we used to play a game when I was in elementary school more like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And, you know, I used to, I told you, I used to watch championship wrestling. You know, my brothers and me, we were championship wrestlers. I was always Tojo Yamamoto, and I would take off my wooden shoe to hit somebody. Anyway, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And 
or Bill Superstar Dundee, you know, or Jerry the King Lawler. That's back when, when wrestling was real. Anyway, <laughs> but, but the fact is, the fact is, we, we would, like, do that. You know, the first thing they get in the ring, they do their hands up. Y'all remember that? They would do that, and they would, like, play, mer y'all remember Mercy? And then, you know, they You know, they would do that. And then somebody come in out of the ring, take a chair to the by anyway. We'd play mercy in the bathroom, you know, like you know. And I'd go to the ground and submitting to God is realizing he's more powerful than we are. And that's no joke. Have you gone to your knees and said, God, I submit to mercy. Have mercy on me because I can't do it on my own strength. But my grace, he said, is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. And all we have to do is submit to him, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Won't you draw near to him today? Give him control. Give him the reins of your heart, your life. Give him the steering wheel. Give him your problems, your temptations, your sin, your struggles, your disappointments, and know that he loves you and he will forgive you. The Bible says that, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you believe that today? That everyone who calls upon his name will be saved. That's a promise from the word of God. Are you ready to submit to him today? Whatever you're going through, you'll be blessed if you do. May we pray together. God, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are men and women, young people, students, Father, that have never given their heart and life to Jesus. The devil's been saying, you don't need to do this, or you're not good enough, or, or you've made too many mistakes, or you know what you do when no one else is looking. God, you see us, and you love us anyway, and you forgive us. And out of love for you, we want to obey your commands. The way we show that we love you is obeying your word and obeying your commands. God, I pray that someone or many would ask you to come into their heart and to ask for forgiveness of their sin and, and repent from their old ways and walk in newness of life. God, I pray for some Christians that have become worldly, and they, much like the Israelites, thought they knew better how to do life than your ways. And as a result, they suffered, and many paid the price. Oh, God, I pray that you bring Christians home to you today. Father, I pray for folks that have been visiting this church, and Lord, they feel your Holy Spirit, and they want to be a part of this wonderful church family, not a perfect church, but a church that serves a perfect God. And Lord, I'm not perfect, 
but I try to point people to the only one who's worthy to be praised and worshiped, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh God, I pray that today we would allow your spirit to tune out distractions and we would listen to hear your soft and tender voice calling us, leading us, drawing us to you. And we'll give you all the glory for what you're going to do in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand with me as we sing a hymn of commitment. If you're watching and you would like to make a decision for the Lord, contact us. And it would be our privilege to pray with you. But won't you come as we sing together?
worshiping with us today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I hope that you will leave here encouraged and challenged to live out your best life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And know you're not alone. We love you, and certainly he loves you even more, and he will give you the strength to fight off what the devil is tempting you to do that you know you ought not do, and you're playing with fire, and it can change your life for the bad if you give in. So be on guard to look out. We'll remind you of a couple of things. Today is our fifth Sunday benevolence offering. If you have come prepared, if you have not, you can give any time throughout the week, but Every fifth Sunday, we collect offering to go toward people not only struggling in these walls, but outside these walls, paying bills or, or uh, medical bills or rent or whatever it may be. If you've come prepared, there will be ushers at the door to collect an offering. Also tonight is our annual Trunks of Treasures. We always have hundreds of children who come out to, to get some candy we had to go on and make a call with the prediction of 80 or 90% rain a little bit later. It's going to be in the gym at the Cross Center. But please still come. You can decorate your table or you can get dressed up, whatever you want to do, or you can come as yourself. Uh, I'm coming as a nerd. I'm coming as myself. <laughs> so you can come and give out candy. We need lots of candy, lots of people there passing. These kids are so excited. It's a great outreach to our community. Have a lot of community uh, children that come. So four to six at the Cross Center. Hope you'll join us. And then we look forward to seeing you uh, this Wednesday night. And don't forget about grief share or rather surviving the holidays Thursday night, 6 p.m. But thank you all. What a great day it's been. Bill, I'm going to say like I did at the early service. Come and lead us in a closing song, anything but Rocky Top. Okay. <laughs> pray, God, thank you for your great love and that there's always an out if we want out. And I pray, God, that when you do lead us out, that we'll stand up under it and testify and be a witness to a watching world that greater is you that is in us than he that is in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.